So we're talking about some fan fiction today, Aaron. Yeah, Alan, we are. This is weird. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to try the intro? No. <laughs> well, then this is what we're going with. Great. Okay, so what are the two tags we're doing today? So today we're talking about fluff, mm-hmm. and we are reading coffee shop AUs. So what do we think of when we think fluff? When I think of fluff, I definitely think about like cute, warm, fuzzy, oh. happy. Yeah. I so I have a propensity for reading fluff and angst in one. Oh. So, but like the true, just like tooth rotting fluff. Yeah. There's just there's nothing wrong with the world. <laughs> exactly. There might be a tiny little bit of dramatic tension because yeah. it's a story, and you don't. But even then, sometimes it's just people cuddling, and it's fine. Yeah. There's just no. There's very little conflict, or it's so low stakes that you can just really enjoy the like. Oh, they're just like cuddling and it like they're just oh you just want it to be cute. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's pretty much where I'm at. It's always yeah. like I picture myself on a large couch mm-hmm. in a snuggie. Yes. <laughs> with a with a with a piping like hot uh, hot chocolate that I hold mm-hmm. with both hands. I'm wearing a sweater, obviously. That's like Clearly. way too big and like is uh-huh. like I'm wearing it like you are like the sweater you are currently wearing, which yes. is like the sleeves are gloves essentially. Yes. And I'm just sweater you know, weather is playing in the background. Exactly. <laughs> And the more I read of the fluff, I just, like, press up against the couch. Mm -hmm. I become a ball of, like, Mm -hmm. contentness. Mm. It's just so cute. Yes. I I wanted my face to do the cat happy face. Uh, We're just like... "Mm." Yes. Yeah. And then coffee shop I use. I don't go to, I don't drink coffee. So I don't go to, mm-hmm. I don't go to life enough Starbucks or coffee shops for it to be like, a, that's what I want to happen. But I don't know. There's something really. Mm-hmm. I mean, full disclosure, I don't go to coffee shops either. And I do drink coffee. And I certainly don't sit around coffee shops all day waiting for some beautiful stranger to like right. do something that makes me want to talk to them or whatever. Right. When Is I'm at the coffee shop, book? I'm not kidding. When I go to a coffee shop, I'm like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> but like the coffee shop at you is quintessential fan fiction like i would argue that it is the fan fiction au when people think about alternate universe placements like it's the first one that comes up i would say so it is one of the most popular i think and it crosses all sorts of like fandoms and like Mm -hmm. all the stuff it's in every fandom i've ever been part of there's always the coffee shop fic I guess it's like the universality. Like anyone yeah. could walk into a coffee shop. Anyone could be right. working at a coffee shop. Anyone could own a coffee shop. Right. You know? It's also just like a creative location. Yeah. So when you think about that, like I think it's something that everybody's kind of familiar with. Everyone has coffee shops or has been to a coffee shop. There's a lot of sort of like opportunity for chance encounters, which is a big fan fiction thing where it's like, Ooh. oh, I just happen across you or like you and I have been sitting across the way from each other for weeks at the coffee <laughs> shop or whatever it is. There's a lot of opportunity for there to be a natural connection mm-hmm. without it being forced. And it's also just like, you know, it's cozy and it's comfy and it's comforting and it's fun. And, yeah. you know, who doesn't love a good barista? Like everyone knows a hot barista. Oh, like, come so on. True. We've all seen a barista at a Starbucks and go, mm, you can get it. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> so true. So like, I, it makes sense to me that it's appealing. So why don't we go into what we have this week? Do we want to do the first, the fluff tag first? Yes. Fluff and then the coffee shop at you. Okay. What did you think of the fluff I sent you? I need you to like it. 
<laughs> what was the... Oh, it was so cute. I also need you to know, you sent me the longest... Yes. You sent me the longest uh-huh. story in this document. Uh-huh. Like, from out of the four that we that we read, you sent me the longest one. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know why I kept expecting all of the ones you sent me to be, like, novel length. But then you sent me this, and it was so short. I finished it yeah. in, like, two seconds. I tried to send you a variety of, I... like... I'm so appreciative. Options. I, yeah, yeah, I, I was such a fan. I thought, I for guess the, we should, we should, Yeah, for we the folks at home, it. what did, what did I send you? <laughs> yeah. The fluff tag that Aaron sent me is called Fin Fin Dameron by author Muggles. <laughs> and it is a Poe Dameron and Finn uh, fic. From Star Wars. Star Wars, the newer, the newest trilogy. Yeah. I don't know that it'll be a trilogy. It might be more than that, because Disney... Oh, it's almost definitely going to be more than that. Yeah. That's a money-making machine, that is. Just going and going. Yep. But you know what? They're good movies, so why are you complaining? Like, this is kind of sacrilege in the Star Wars world, but I really have been watched much oh, of the original six. Oh, okay. I have seen... I've seen the very first one that was released, so the original... A New Hope. Like the uh, yeah, the story. very, very first movie that George Lucas ever did. Yeah. And then... It's only prequels, isn't uh, it? It's only prequels. I haven't even seen them all the way through, though. I've seen uh. bits and pieces of stuff after that. Like, I watched... I always... <laughs> because I'm a Carrie Fisher per- like yes. lover, and I miss her very oh, deeply, I watched the one where she is um, taken by Jabba the Hutt, in like bits and pieces and oh, the slave the bikini Return one. Of the Jedi. Yeah, so I watched to watch her kill the giant slug thing. Um, <laughs> she strangled Yeah, when she strangled him, it was awesome. And then that was it. And then I saw the first in the modern trilogy all uh, the way through, which was the Re- Force Awakens. Force Awakens, that yes. one. So I saw that one and was like, oh, this is great. And then I saw The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, which is the newest one. The Last the Jedi. Yeah. Whatever these two that have been come yeah. out, that have come out. I, so I had watched the prequels as a child, and that's mm-hmm. all I pretty much had seen. And then last Christmas, my brother was like, "Let's watch all six. Mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right." And so over the span of a week, we watched all six movies in chronological order. So we did prequels first, and then like mm-hmm. chronological in the Star Wars world. And I'm a fan. I was like, this is good. This so. is good shit. And then luckily, it was right around the time of The Last Jedi. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to finish these. We watched Force Awakens, and then we went to go watch uh, Last Jedi and the movies. And it was a good time. So, anywho, <laughs> back to the story. Backing I, up to fan fiction. I totally forgot that Finn was uh, a clone. Mm, I don't know that he's a clone. He's a, he was a stormtrooper. Right. Is that what you mean? Well, that they're clones. Oh. Oh, right. Well, you haven't seen it. Like, I haven't seen uh, it. Attack of the Clones. That's, yeah, the stormtroopers are all manufactured. They're all oh. clones. Oh. So, fun fact about that. I only know fan fiction lore about all oh. of that. And the general sort of decided upon canon in fanfic world is that he was a child soldier. That he was kidnapped oh. as a child and placed in the stormtrooper program. Oh. And I don't know if that comes from the movies or not. Clearly it doesn't. But I think so, but yeah. I'm, I'm also not like super observant, so there yeah. are things that might have just flown right over my head. If you know, listeners, write in. <laughs> yeah, let us please know. educate us because we cannot. <laughs> we're too lazy to Google it. <laughs> Honestly, so Finn Finn Dameron. Uh, let Let me give you the summary. Finn doesn't quite get how last names work yet, and accidentally gives his name on an official form as Finn Dameron. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the cutest. Thing in the entire world. So usually when I think of fluff, I think of like disgustingly like cutesy things. You're cuddling on a couch and mm-hmm. like proclaiming your love. 
And I kind of like that this wasn't that, but mm -hmm. it made you squeal in an entirely different way. It's just so cute. And then when he, like, as Finn progressively understands his mistakes, he's like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, Poe is going to freak out. And yeah. then, I mean, I won't spoil it. All I, 900 words of that. I feel like we have to spoil it, though. Uh, like, because we're talking about yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. So in the end, then Poe is just like, oh, that's cool. You should keep it. It suits you. And I was like, <laughs> It's so cute. Me. I love the moment where it's so classic fan fiction, but it's so fantastic where the lady that he goes to, she, he, Finn panics because he gives Finn Damrick <laughs> his name. And without really realizing what it means. And then he realizes, oh, shit, he's talking to Poe. He's like, what is this last name thing? And he's like, oh, it's it's a thing that you get from your family. It just identifies you as an individual. And he was like, ooh, so, like, no one would just, I don't know, like, casually take someone else's name. And she goes, oh, no, that happens all the time when you get married. <laughs> And he just goes, fuck, <laughs> like, <laughs> runs away. Uh, and he goes to the lady at the thing, and the lady's like, well, you have to get this signed off by your supervisor. Who is Poe Dameron? <laughs> I love it. And I believe her quote is something like, which I'm sure you wouldn't have trouble getting preferential treatment. Right, which is so funny. And Incredible. Finn's just like, oh, no. <laughs> Can we talk about how cute it is that once he, like, realizes that, like, he took Poe's name, he's like, I've stolen his identity. Oh no, oh, I've taken no. this from him. Yeah, he's, so he's gonna be so mad. And then of course he's mad because it's Flow. No, I'm glad you liked it because I that was one of the ones that I I had a hard time picking. Fluff? Just a general fluff tag. Yeah, the like the general tags are mm -hmm. kind of hard because mm -hmm. there's so many things that kind of fit into that, but then there are things yeah. that that stories that fit better into other things. I thought this was really good. Yay. It was nice. It was short, sweet. It was like unwrapping like a, a butterscotch candy. It just, yeah. you just, you just eat it and you're like, mm, oh, I feel warm. Delightful. And that is what fluff is all about, right? It's yeah. like the warm and fuzzies. Yes, the warm and fuzzies. I was like, fuzzies. I gotta pick something that just makes him happy. Which by the way, should be the name of our band. <laughs> the warm yes. and fuzzies. We get up on stage in like giant fluffy sweaters. Oh, uh, yes. And we just sit and like. We sit and play guitars underneath yes. blankets. And we're just yes. like. Whoever's singing is like knitting. Yeah. <laughs> me! <Yes>. It's me! <laughs> I can't play any instruments. I, I just hold your yarn like they do with like. Yeah, you play it like an accordion. Yes! Oh. Uh, <laughs> That Done. would be fantastic. The Warm and Fuzzies coming soon to, yeah. to, to a, a, a coffee shop near you. To a coffee shop near you. We have our own Spotify account. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, fantastic. What an aesthetic choice. Okay, so the fluff fic you sent to me, by comparison, um, <laughs> is a high school musical fiction. Can you think of anything fluffier than high school musical? No. And, like, <laughs> to be fair, I hadn't, I have not seen high school musical in a long ah, dang time. Dang it, I forgot about that. I was in middle school when High School Musical came out, which mm -hmm. means I was just, just into that age where it wasn't cool. Um, Is that true? I think so. I felt like that was cool in middle school. No. Um, we were probably hanging out with different people. Probably. I was also, okay, because of my life, I was also working at that point. I was working at a summer camp. So oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah I, I, so, I would have hated my life. Yeah, so we watched it a lot at yeah. summer camp, and I just couldn't stand it. And what bothers me most about that is Kenny Ortega directed Newsies. Uh -huh. Newsies is my favorite thing ever, and I may or may not have written a full-length, essentially fan fiction, quote-unquote, <laughs> novel of Newsies when I was 11. And the series finale to this 
podcast will be us reading. No, that. it won't. Yeah, that yes, will die of oh, fiery death. It's actually kind of good, but I'm we're not sure going to worry is. about it. I'm actually a good writer. You know, so Kenny, a Kenny Ortega musical not appealing to me hurts my soul. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I didn't really, when I was reading actually a lot, several of your recommendations, mm-hmm. um, I either wasn't part of the fandom or didn't remember enough of the source material mm-hmm. to be like, oh, who is this? Like, what what are the relationships here? Right. And fan fiction relies so heavily on the contextualization that you have from just knowing the thing mm-hmm. because you don't have to do a lot of the expo- like exposition work. Right. to set it up that said i didn't remember who anyone was uh, <laughs> that's a long and you only you've only seen the first one and i've only seen the first uh, one. you didn't even get the good part in in the second one which is uh so the thick uh called every day's a holiday by mixtape star and it's uh a chad and ryan thick corbin blue and blonde, and, blondie, yes, uh-huh, okay. with a hat, blonde gay boy, <laughs> uh, blonde gay boy. What's his name? Lucas Gabriel. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you Lucas could have Gabriel. said any name, and I would have said sure. <laughs> so I, the second, the second movie, they have this like sexually tense like musical number. Yeah. And you, oh, so good. Okay. Highly recommend showing that to you. Great. I did not have any of that context in my brain. <laughs> However, this was an enjoyable fan fiction. Yeah. Like it was palatable. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Oh, man. Was it the most fantastic thing I've ever read? No. No. But it was enjoyable. And particularly around the holidays, it's always fun to, Mm -hmm. like, read about, you know, the Christmas carol flirting. And the, like, ooh, the Christmas present game and whatever. I am also a sucker for when people write about some kind of, like, financial disparity where someone, like, wants to buy this person a whole bunch of gifts. And the other person is like, don't you dare because I can't. And I, I don't know why. That is always such a good little like fluff piece. Yeah, but it is. That's a good question because mm-hmm. yeah, when you're as you're talking about it, I'm also like, oh, it's so cute. But like, it's like realistic. Like if that right? happened in real life, if some like let's let's say someone comes up to you with a really expensive gift, do you, like I feel guilty. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. If it happens to someone else, we're like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I guess it's because it's like externalized, so that like when it's mm. not you, you can be like, oh, but like look at how it's much so they sweet. like you. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, really <laughs> cute. And then everyone secretly wants expensive things, right? right like, right. I'm not the only person no, sitting here and being like, but I would be cool with, <laughs> you know? Like, it's, I don't know, it's just sweet. So, like, it was fine. What I kind of, uh, I'm going to be the more critical one in this pairing. Oh, I can so already tell. Funny. It was a little choppy yes. in its writing style, mm-hmm. which, that's fine. It was just a little bit more tell-don't-show. Which I really like any written thing, but particularly fan fiction. I tend to not enjoy fan fiction that is a lot of like, they went downstairs, there was a gift, they went in the car, they kissed. Oh, I'm okay. like, okay, give me a little something. Like, give me some flair here. Some flair. <laughs> Throw know? in some SAT words. Right. Some like, metaphors. It was just, it was very like, this is what happened. And then they went to yeah, the car and then they did that. So like, that was less appealing to me. Mm-hmm. But it was perfectly good. And like, yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so let me read the summary uh, oh yeah Chad and Ryan learn more about each other on the rides to and from school at the Evans family's Christmas party they finally exchange the Christmas gifts they've been agonizing over all week also the shared rides to and from school thing is so cute I, and I, I, I love don't know why that. yeah there's <sighs> again probably because it never happened to me I was always riding in the car with my mom which is very different I always took the bus yeah but I think my first crush 
well, that's probably not true, but, like, the first one I remember being, like, serious about, mm-hmm. my, it was on uh, a, a best friend at the time, who was very straight, so straight, but he sat next <laughs> to me. The straightest of straight. Yeah, who sat next to me on the bus every morning, and we would just have the best conversations. Like, I don't know, something about, like, traveling somewhere with someone is mm-hmm. so cute. I also have a theory that the car is the best place to have any conversation with anyone ever. Agreed. Yeah, because, I think it's because you're not facing each other. Oh. Yeah. So there's no pressure to, like, look someone in the eye and have a conversation with them. You can just say things, and it's fine. And also there's, like, an air of safety because it's, like, confined space. Yeah. I came out to my mom in a car for that reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things. Like, pretty much every major conversation I've ever had with anybody of, like, significant importance <laughs> has just, pretty much happened in a car. <laughs> I just have the, the thought of you, like, like you feel the moment coming on with someone. Like, you like you need to tell them something. Really get like, in the get car! Get in the car now. <laughs> no. I've obviously had difficult conversations outside of cars but there's something conducive about it where Mm -hmm. it just feels safe and yeah nice that's so interesting i hadn't even thought about them not facing each other i feel like i always turn in at some at some point anyway oh i so don't yeah (laughs) just a wall like if i could just never look at someone again (laughs) it would be too soon incredible yeah um i will say i remember sharpay from the original movie it would be so hard to forget her it's so hard but that's also this fan fiction gives a very good in character uh, appearance of sharpay singing some christmas songs yeah. And being ridiculous. Where um, she has a stage set and oh, wants yeah. everyone to watch her sing Christmas carols. Yeah, and it's the Evans karaoke show. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I was like, that's correct. I also kind of liked that they didn't really focus on Troy, Troy and, and Gabriella. Gabriella. They showed up because they're in the friend group, but yeah. it like it wasn't a thing where the author felt like she had to like shoehorn them in. Yeah. Which I, I, I liked that because I was like, yeah, this is about these other two characters. and That's a good point, you know? yeah. Because I... So... <laughs> <laughs> the the fan fictions I sent you as I was doing research for these fan fictions I realized how uncultured I am because <laughs> I don't like I don't watch TV right uh, like a lot of the stuff that I sent you was stuff that I like I've been sitting in the vicinity of someone watching it oh. and I'm like oh okay this is interesting and I'll watch with them but I never go home and watch it I just I'm terrible with it and I don't know why but I, so that being said, the ones I send you are things that I know pretty well. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of high school musical fan fiction. Oh, bless, child. Yeah. Usually I read. We all have our thing. Oh, it's yeah. Fine. But this isn't even it. We're not even close to it. But anywho, I usually read like Troy and Ryan ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just what flows my boat. But this Chad and Ryan one, I was like, this is really well written. And I do like that they don't, it doesn't feel shoehorned with other characters. Like, mm-hmm. like they appear in the story because obviously they're in the universe, and, but it's more like natural. Yeah. I dig that a lot. I agree. Good, serviceable, good job, mixtape star. Yeah. Solid, like, 3.5 out of 5, I would say. Didn't yeah. wow me, but it was, like, definitely one that I'm going to bookmark and, like, might come back to. Yeah. I, I, would, I, would, say, I would say 3.5 as well, especially because it was it was around Christmas time when we were reading them. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, all cozy Ooh, and, yeah. like, yeah, this is perfect. Sometimes the right fan fiction comes to you at the right time, too. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. there's some that I go back and reread, and I'm, like what was appealing to me about this? And I'm like, oh, I was just, like, in that headspace where that was a oh, good yeah. story. For certain, yeah. yeah. Or, like, it's really great on the first read, and then you reread it, and you're like, nah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that you go back to a whole bunch of times, but, like, Ugh, you know. So true. So, anyway, what would you rate Finn Finn Dameron now that we're doing the, like, Finn Finn Dameron, I would, I would give a three out of five. Yeah. Very enjoyable, but it was so short, and, like, that was pure fluff to oh, me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm here for. Right. Which is good. I, yep. I enjoyed it. This is not Uber. 
<laughs> we reserve five out of five for like truly outstanding. Okay, good. That's the scale. It's not an Uber scale. No, this is a like Amazon scale. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. All right. The, let's do the one that I sent you for our next tag, which is coffee shop <sighs> AU. Oh, buddy. It's like you went into my bookmark history and oh. just pulled out something that was like waiting for me to read it. Um, so this one is called How Inconvenient Old Bean by Professor Drary. All three that we've talked about so far are on archive of our own. Mm-hmm. The summary is, when he had started over, Draco had never really believed that happiness was possible. But here he was, living as a muggle, a beautiful boyfriend, a great job. Things are perfect. So why does it feel like they may not be perfect at all? And what the hell is in this cinnamon latte? <laughs> oh! So good. Ugh. It was so good. So I think what appeals to me, it's a lot of telling, not showing, or showing and not telling. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. It's a lot of showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. It's really well written. Yes, it is. I think it's, it's, you know, comparable to a novel. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's written by someone who really has a command of what they're doing and their material and all of that. Draco was out of character for me, but I wasn't mad about it. Mm -hmm. I kind of got where the author was taking it with you know, it's years and years past, presumably years past, where we leave them at the end of the actual series. Draco is with this guy, what's his name? Diego. Diego, who works at the coffee shop that Harry Potter owns. So, of course, Draco and Harry, but neither Draco nor Harry have told anyone that they are wizards. Like, they are operating and living their lives as if they're muggles. So, Harry has also, like, the thing is that Draco has been shunned from the magical community. Like, he's lost all the Malfoy wealth because his parents went to jail after the war. And so he just couldn't do it anymore and left the wizarding world. Yep. And Harry kind of had the same moment where he just couldn't, deal with it he was tired of always being like known as the boy who lived and so mm-hmm. forth and so he's now living as a muggle yeah he dropped out of oro training mm-hmm. and um i love the way that the author decided that he got this <laughs> so coffee funny. shop so the idea is that he was like he was talking to this guy he was working for this guy mm-hmm. and he got suspicious the owner got suspicious of harry because things were getting done too quickly and too well and at one point he like caught him using magic or something like that and he obliviated him, but he obliviated him too much because he's not good at memory charms. Yeah. And uh, the guy forgot entirely that he had a coffee shop or a wife um, or a yep. house and like forgot everything. So Harry kind of fixed it and sent him on his way, but didn't remind him that he had a coffee shop, set him up with a pretty good life with his family or whatever in retirement yeah. and then took over the coffee shop from him, which is so funny and like so harry potter yeah absolutely that's so that's so what would happen <laughs> and like that i love when fan fiction does that when somebody's like it's not a stretch <laughs> <laughs> i see it yeah you're like okay like given the situation this is exactly what harry would do checks out yeah also in this uh draco is has become a children's book illustrator <gasps> that's so true i forgot about Which that is yes. so funny oh, so, and so he's cute. using his knowledge of the magical world to like essentially con people into like believing he's just this fantastic artist <laughs> coming up with all these magical creatures but it's just real magical creatures for yep. him that he's just drawing and convincing muggles that like it's a thing and he gets really mad about how unicorns are stupid in the muggle world because like that's not what unicorns look like which is super funny i also really loved the character of diego i think sometimes original male characters can be 
hard yeah. to capture appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the original female characters, the same, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, I think OMCs are just projections of, like, the ideal boyfriend. Yeah. And that's kind of what Diego is here. Yes. But there's a real reckoning three quarters of the way, sort of at the crux of the climax of the plot. Yeah. Where that's actually kind of taken over, where it's like no, you are too perfect. Like, you're treating me too softly. Draco says this to him. It's like, you need someone to take care of and I need someone to challenge me. Yeah. Which is why we're not working. And I think that is a fantastic Mm -hmm. and very mature for a fan fiction moment in a plot. Like, it's so good. Like, that is a real conversation that people have. But not only that, like, I also love that it wasn't that Diego didn't start crying and it was like, it's because you love someone else. It was, he was just like, yeah, we haven't worked for a while. He also then pushes him towards Harry because exactly. he knows, even though he doesn't know that Harry and Draco went to school together, and he knows they went to school together, but he but thinks he they just about, went to like a high school. Yeah, he didn't know that they were rivals or anything. Right, like he doesn't that. know anything about the magical world. He knows that there's tension between the two of them, and he realizes Sexual that. Tension. Yeah, he re- <laughs> of course. He realizes that they'd be really good for each other. And kind of shoves, is very specifically, like, Draco, we're not going to do this. Like, Draco, is, like, goes back to the coffee shop when Diego isn't around. And, like, Diego walks in and he goes, oh, shit. And kind of, like, goes to leave. And he goes, we're not going to do this. You stay right there. Also, shove. Like, <laughs> go kiss Harry Potter because you clearly want to. Oh. And I'm here for it. I like, am all about Diego. I'm team Diego. I am team Diego. He's I want so Diego good. to be happy. Yeah. Um, and are you kidding? He's gorgeous. He's yeah. perfect. He wants to take care of you. Diego was snatched up like that, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm positive. And it was just really good. And like, yeah. I loved it. I would say that this was a solid like 4.5 out of 5. Likewise. I yeah. kind of just wish it was longer. Like, mm-hmm. I just wish it had been a series instead of a one shot. Even just like a three like a part or something. or something. Yeah, like I want more mm-hmm. from this. Because I want to see what this author would do once the relationship is established between Draco and Harry and how they would go from because they end basically on we're gonna get together let's just go on a date let's just try it exactly and that's it like that's the end of it Mm -hmm. which is fantastic but deeply infuriating (laughs) I want to see the date yeah I want to know what they do how do they and like uh people from the the magical world come back to threaten Draco and I'm like wait do they come back like what is the next (gasps) oh so true there's so much good stuff Professor Drary, please, please don't leave us in suspense. Please write more in this because also, it's fantastic. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna go down into the rabbit hole of reading okay. more from this author. I'm but sure we will. We will. We will review another story at some point from yeah. Professor Drary. Professor Drary, you are the shit. You Good are great. You. Good job. All right, Alan, <laughs> how do you feel about? <laughs> The coffee shop at you, I sent your way. <laughs> so, again, the one you sent me was the longest uh-huh. of of the four that we I, read. I did read through your recommendations for me, and then I was like, oh, no, he sent me all one shots. <laughs> I feel like such a jerk. No, it was perfect. Yeah. I, like, I was very happy to have had it. So, the, the one that you sent me is called Syrup and Honey by... Some of these are not meant to be read out loud. <laughs> what um, is it? It's... Logs? It's Laugs. Laugs. So it's L A U capital G capital S. Yeah. And it's on fanfiction.net. It yeah. is a glee fic uh, with a summary. Kurt Hummel is 25 years old when he finds himself being the owner of the bakery he had been dreaming about his whole life. Just in time to sweeten up Blaine Anderson's days. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, the first thing I want to get out there is that I love this. I thought it was so good. good. I was I w- like this was the type of thing that I live for when I read fan fiction, which is like mm-hmm. I get lost in the world, mm-hmm. the drama. It's like it's like watching reality TV or like a good soap opera and you're like there mm-hmm. and like I teared up. I was like snappy <laughs> and I was like, right? "Yes." You so. texted me and I called, <laughs> why is Bert Hummel, what did you say? Why is, Bert, why is Bert Hummel an icon? An icon, yeah, that's what it was. I was like, I know exactly what part of the story you're in. <laughs> it's so good. So the whole premise is that Kurt, when he, when he was younger, he would spend Sundays cooking with his mom or baking with his mom. And they would like bake off of the same uh, cookbook. They would try a new recipe every day and he, that's what he loved to do. And then when his mother passed away, he continued doing that and eventually realized that he didn't want to go to New York and be a performer. He wanted to stay close by his family and like protect them, maybe not protect them, but to like Mm -hmm. be there for them in case anything went wrong because of his past Bert Hummel's heart attack. So he stays in um, Ohio, like two hours away from Lima and he opens his little bakery and it's like the cutest little thing ever. Mm -hmm. There's an apartment above the bakery. Oh, so good. I loved that. Uh, So good. Uh, And right across the street from Anderson and Partners, whatever it is, it's a giant building with lawyers Mm -hmm. uh, wherein Blaine Anderson works works for his father. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is uh, not good. Right. That is the opposite of Kurt and Bert. (laughs) It is so bad where his dad is just like, basically his dad is disappointed in everything he does and is always belittling him and like, ashamed of him because Blaine is out to his parents and apparently that was the like the straw that broke the camel's back yep that's it thank god yep I'm so (laughs) proud of you (laughs) yeah so his father is like treats him like shit in front of people too Mm -hmm. like in conference rooms like will grab his work and say this isn't good enough like what what have you been doing you need to work harder his mom like doesn't want anything to do with him and either because she's also ashamed of having a gay son so mm-hmm. shit is bad for Blaine Anderson. And Blaine is, instead of like what I thought would be the rational human response, but then again, I'm not him. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in that environment. Uh, instead of like being, fuck my parents, I'm just going to go out and like live my own life. He's like trying twice as hard to get in their good graces, to get that love that he never got as mm-hmm. a child, which is unfortunate. So then he meets Kurt and mm-hmm. like, it's the cutest thing ever because Kurt almost immediately like praises him and like, tells him all the good stuff and Blaine is like no I can't no I am garbage <laughs> exactly and that's pretty much like a good half of the of the thing yeah. is like that back and forth between them well I think it's also there's a I don't know if it says it outright or if I'm remembering this correctly if it's an outright thing that is said or if it's kind of implied that Blaine has never really been with anyone before mm-hmm. so he doesn't really know what it's like to have someone care for him exactly yeah. so that kind of informs that at the beginning where he's very suspicious in some ways and very kind of like uncertain of how to handle someone being nice to him right at all, which I thought was I mean that is just a recipe for a good fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really good the only thing I kind of took not offense, but the only thing that kind of, like, made me, like, ooh, was everyone is saying, like, I think Bert tells them this, um, Carol tells them this, and Kurt thinks it, and Blaine thinks it, where, like, Kurt is gonna heal, is gonna heal yeah. Blaine, like, like, you're good for each other, you'll heal each other, and mm-hmm. it's, like, that's not really how that works, like, if you happen to heal because of someone's support, and, like, that's great, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't ever expect someone to heal you, like, right. that's... 
A, putting too much pressure on someone. B, mm-hmm. like, that becomes too dependent, like, too codependent too quickly. Oh, yeah. And the only reason I say this is because I was this person mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was 18 and very broken and have not had, and had not had a uh, serious relationship. I was with my boyfriend who I was, like, pinning all my hopes and dreams on. And I was like, he's going to make me not feel insecure and, like, stop hating myself. And mm-hmm. he's going to fix my depression. And that's not the way that all, at all it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Shocker. That was the only thing that I was like, I really wish that we weren't kind of giving this ideal to like mm-hmm. people or like teenagers who are reading this. Because let's, let's be honest, that's a big market here. Right. And like people our age. So like mid-20s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like one of those things where I was like, it yeah. was like so close. We didn't have to do that. Right. But fine. That was my, like, I think one of my only gripes with it. Yeah. I do think it does that a little bit. I think it kind of addresses some of that later when Blaine decides to take the case. So the concept is that he's a lawyer mm-hmm. and he's the straw that breaks the camel's back on his his father's relationship is that his father chooses to defend somebody who oh. has gay bashed another young man in the community. Mm-hmm. So um, he, they take a case basically defending this guy who has beaten the shit out of this kid for being gay and blaine is like you can't do this and he's like no i'm going to specifically because i know it will upset you essentially well well, not only that but the dad so the way the way it went down listeners Mm -hmm. is uh dad calls blaine into his office and Mm -hmm. the guy who gay bashed is in there and he's like so blaine he's going to be your new defendant this is the case you're going to be working on why don't you tell him what what the case is and so the guy who gay bashes is like yeah so i just beat up this you know, yeah, a blank that I'm not gonna say. Yeah, yeah, and I don't see what the big deal is. And Blaine is like, "What the fuck?" And yeah. Dad is just like, "Yeah, you're gonna defend He's this like guy." Living. That was that was the. Yeah, so he basically storms out and takes his stuff with him. Punches his father. Punches his father. I forget. I haven't read. I, I like, briefly went back through this, but it's so long that I didn't reread the whole thing before I sent it to you. And then the secretary that works with him specifically takes the case file and, like, goes back to Blaine and is like, I'm going to work for you. Like, I hated working there. Like, let's team up on this. And kind of talks him into defending the kid that got bashed. Yeah, because the kid who got bashed and his parents couldn't afford an mm-hmm. attorney, a good attorney, just because of all of the medical expenses that, that yeah. they were going through. Because so, the guy who got gay bashed ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, Blaine decides that his swan song and his sort of final fuck you to his father is going to be to defend and win the mm-hmm. case for this kid and do it pro bono and just it'll be his like last thing as a lawyer yeah. or whatever that was the moment where it kind of subverts the savior trope for me like yeah. it goes through a lot of the savory thing i think for you're sure. totally right that he's placing a lot of hopes and dreams on kurt mm-hmm. and that's not super healthy but there is a sort of moment in the end where they're kind of broken up at that point like they're not super on yeah. solid footing and blaine does realize in that moment he's like i have to do this for me and I need to not screw it up. He does go to Bert Hummel for help. But that, I was going to say, that to me is was the like defining moment mm-hmm. almost. Because he, he he and Kurt went to the Hummels like on Thanksgiving. Because yeah. Blaine didn't want to go to his crappy parents' house to just be miserable. So yeah. Kurt was like, well, come to Lima. And yeah. of course they loved him. Because of, of course. course. And so when he, when he and Kurt break up and right after Blaine beats up his father... He's like, oh, I need to get out of this apart- this penthouse apartment I'm living in because it's my dad's. So right. he packs up his stuff and he's like, but I can't go to Kurt who lives across the street right. because I don't want to go back to him like this. I don't want mm-hmm. it to be a thing where I'm like, help me. 
So right. he goes to Bert Hummel, which, I mean, is kind of the same thing, but not. Because right. it's like someone that he knows, and he reached out for help from someone who wasn't Kurt. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think you're right. He comes to his own, and he's like, right. yeah, I, I, I will pick myself up, and I will go see Kurt when yeah. I am, like, more put together. Yeah. Which I loved. The court case, I feel like he should have lost. Not yeah. not because he wasn't, not because, obviously, not because it's wrong or anything. Like, obviously, the asshole who gave ass should, should be in prison. But Blaine was not at all prepared. Uh, yeah. He was just like, I'm going to do well. this. He was prepared, but then he lost his nerve. Yeah. And I was like, Blaine. Please, no. for the love of all that is holy, man. Get your shit together. So the old, but I mean, that's the fanfic. Yeah, exactly. That was any not, fiction. That was yeah. like the the big like Deus Ex Machina, like yeah, the being the the girlfriend of the gay basher who saw it from her window and she's like, I I need to do this. Like my yeah. my little sister came out as gay to me and like mm-hmm. I just thought about someone bashing her and like how I would want someone to stand up for her and so I'm here to do that right and that's why they win the case but it literally happens the last day right before the jury makes their decision yeah and Blaine Anderson's father's like schmoozing everyone and Blaine Anderson is like uh but like that's fan fiction also like sometimes I remember to myself I'm like okay but the person writing this is a hundred percent not a practicing lawyer (laughs) which is fine that's true you know they don't know all the things and like whatever and frankly it would be too bogged down and it's no different to me than any like rom-com or whatever where you're like that's unrealistic but okay that's fair that's very fair so i'm glad you enjoyed it i i I legitimately had such a great time thank you i'm like this is one i'll probably i will go back to Mm -hmm. it's one i've read a couple of times through but it had been a while since i read it it's just so good yeah i love me one of those like I'm in a really dark place in my life, and then I see the light from someone else. Like, those are yeah. always so good. Minus the whole, like, codependency, but anywho, I have issues. Yeah. What's new? <laughs> you can't just, like, drop that. <laughs> I'm sure they know. Yeah, it's fine. If they listen to Podrigeist, which you should, because it's another podcast that we do, and it's fantastic. Yeah, we talk about Alan's uh, psychoses a lot. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway. So yeah, that's the point. What would you rate syrup and honey on the syrup and honey? I would. Can we? Can I be like super anal retentive? Of course. Like, I'm gonna be like four point three. Sure. Because I I really enjoyed myself. Uh-huh. I thought that it was a good staple as to like fan fiction. Like this mm-hmm. is good fan fiction. I thought the narrative style was really good. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot more showing than telling. I do think like some of those things that I mentioned, like the tropes were just like if it had been ironed out a little more, I would have been like totally on board, but. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thought it was great. Okay. Woohoo! I think that was plenty of material for oh, one Oh, that was episode. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, we both are just like, we're done now, right? Yeah, that's it. We have finished speaking. <laughs> Woohoo! That's all you get. Yep, that's it. <laughs>